What's up, Victory family? How you guys doing? It's so good to be in the house today. Uh, we have people that are joining us online from the Ukraine, Panama, and Zimbabwe. Let's give them a hand as they join us today. Well, it's so good to be here today. You know, over the past four weeks, we've been in this series, Extravagant, and we've been, we've been talking about generosity. Uh, just to give a little recap, I want to go through uh, what we've done these four weeks. First week, we talked about that God so loved the world that he gave. We talked about living a generous love, living life with a generous love. In week two, we talked about not letting money master us, but, allow, but us mastering money, us taking the power of money and using it for what God wants us to use it for. Week three, we talked about tithing and about giving God the first. And then last week, we talked about strategic stewardship. Now, how many of you were here last week? Strategic stewardship. Look, if you were not here last week, or, or if you don't know what happened last week, we got a recap video that not only gives the experience of what happened here at Norcross, but also what happened across all of the campuses. So turn your attention to the screen and look at the video that we have of the highlights. Living beneath our means so we can be generous. What would happen if you lived like that? What would happen if we all lived like and when you live like that, you can do extravagant things like this. Today has been such a beautiful outpour of love from a home that I love so much. He's truly a redeemer. He's a good friend. I'm grateful that I know him and he knows me. We were able to be a generous church and bless a person, a service at every campus with a new car today because of the generosity of a people who understand strategic stewardship. It is your turn now to be generous. Come on, somebody. Woo! All right. You know, it's because of your generosity that we were able to, to do that. And today we're continuing, continuing the series. I know somebody's thinking, okay, so we're still in the series? You mean that wasn't the closer last week? <laughs> Pastor, what are y'all giving away this week? <laughs> nah, no, nah, we're not doing that again this, this week. You know, we didn't want to end the series on the fact that we gave away cars. It was because of your combined generosity that we were able to do that. Uh, but we, what we want to do, we want to give us an opportunity to process. Have an opportunity to process because it's not what we do as a church all the time. Sometimes God has specific things that he wants us to do individually. So now it's our turn. It's our turn to see what God wants us to do individually. And so here's what I want to do. I want to address the, the elephant in the room, the potential elephant in the room. Because I know some of you are thinking they're about to give up, they're about to ask us to give a special offering. <laughs> no, no. We're not going to ask you to give a special offering. You know, I think one of the things that 
uh, we do oftentimes is we build you up to give a special offering. And sometimes that's a great thing. We've done it and we will do it in, in, at times, but this is not what we're doing today. That's not what it's about today. Our desire today is that you receive and you hear what God has for you to give. Because, because as a church, we can ask you, we can ask you to give your time in serving. We can ask you to give your money for a, a midtown building or, uh, or, or the heart of the house impacting nations. But I believe that God wants to do something special as we talk about extravagant offerings today. And here's what I want you to know. You know, we're not asking you today to just give anything. What we're asking you today is to hear God. We want you to just listen for the voice of God today and what he's going to tell you to give. And here's the, here's the idea. Some of you have already caught it. As we gave away those cars last week, some of you got the vision. Some of you were receiving what God was saying, and, and you were acting upon it. You know, like last week, we had a couple who, as they saw what was happening, they felt like strategically God had blessed them to be able to save up uh, for a down payment for a house. So each month, they were saving money uh, over and above for the down pay payment of the house. And what they felt like the Lord spoke to them strategically was to give that month's worth of money to the family of the, the 11 o'clock family, the Chin family who, who received the, the van. They felt that God led them to pay for their gas for the month with the, the over and above of what they had been saving for their down payment. That's the kind of thing that God is going to be speaking to us about. And I don't want us to stop there. I believe God is going to provoke some things in our heart today, provoke some things in our heart today that will allow us to hear him in a way so that we too can give extravagantly. So, I want you to know this. This series was not set up. It wasn't set up so that we can re receive an extravagant offering from you. It was set up so that you can become an extravagant offering to the world around you. Amen? Amen. Because it's bigger than just giving to the church. You know, it's bigger than what we would ask of you. I want you to know that when God starts speaking to you about an offering, it's different. It gets scary when God starts speaking to you. Can you agree with me on that? Because when God starts asking us for stuff, he starts adding zeros. You know what I'm talking about. He starts changing destinations. He starts shifting timetables. He starts messing up our plans. Because he, when he asks us to give anything, he's not asking based upon our own ability. He's asking based upon his ability in us. So I don't want you to hide anything. I want you to be open to hear what God is saying to you today. Someone say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Now listen, I know how it feels. Some of you are saying, you know what? The last time I asked God to speak to me, he sent me to the mission field. <laughs> Lord. Sometimes it feels like the exchange costs too much. But that's what it is. It's an exchange. Have you, have you ever been a part of a, a white elephant exchange party? You know, where, where people bring the gifts in and they bring all of these funny, funny gifts. And every now and then, if you're a part of one of them, you'll actually get a gift that you actually like. 
And the idea behind the white elephant exchange is that everyone comes in, they just bring a gift, and you pick a gift, and the person behind you gets to choose whether or not they want someone else's gift or they want to open up the gift that they have right before them. And so, like, if you're like me, I pick a gift, and I'm kind of interesting because usually... Anytime I'm a part of the white elephant exchange party, I always like the gift that I get. I don't know why that is. And so I'm one of those people who try to, who try to do reverse psychology on you so you won't pick my gift. So I get the gift and I'll say something like, ooh, this is an ugly gift. So I can just discourage the people who want to pick the thing that I have. It's kind of like that with God. You know, one of the things we'll do, we'll try to hide. Because here's what I know. Some of us can strike a check, and it doesn't even bother us. Some of us, it's nothing for us to give our time. But here's what I want you to know. The exchange that God often asks for is that one thing that we don't really want to give. So oftentimes, we're hiding the thing that God is going to ask us for. So my prayer, my prayer is that you would hear God for yourself concerning the exchange. Some of you, God is going to be speaking to you to exchange, to make the exchange. He's going to be speaking to you concerning blessing someone else's family financially. He'll be speaking to you concerning selling all and hitting the mission field. Some of you, he'll be speaking to you about funding specific missions. Some of you, God is just going to be talking to you about your stewardship and getting rid, of, getting rid of debt so you can set yourself up for the next season where he's going to ask you for a greater offering. And some of you, perhaps, God is going to speak to you concerning an extravagant offering that he would desire that you give to the church. Wherever you are in that space, whether it's giving your time, your ability, or your finances, I want our hearts to open up to receive what the Lord is going to speak to us today. Amen? All right, so let's go back to the beginning. We started this series off. We started this series off with uh, Pastor Johnson say, uh, quoting John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, we can't say that enough. Aren't you glad that you're saved? Come on, somebody. I'm so glad. Aren't you glad, that, aren't you glad that you were once headed towards death and Jesus gave you newness of life? Aren't you glad that he pulled you out of the miry clay and he set your feet upon a rock? Aren't you glad that you're not the same person, that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus? Aren't you glad that you have an opportunity that when this life is over, you'll get a new glorified body and you'll live with Jesus forever? Aren't you glad that you don't have to fear death? Aren't you glad that you don't have to fear anything because you belong to the Savior? Come on, somebody say amen to that. I'm so glad that he didn't leave me the way I was. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But I want to zero in on this. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's where we started at. That he gave. You know, the character of God is represented in that statement. That 
that God loves, therefore God gives. And because we love and we're like God, we give. That's what it's all about. When we talk about giving, the greatest, the greatest gift that God ever gave was his son. And so what does it mean? When we're talking about giving, what does it mean to give extravagantly? So there's three types of giving that we see in the Bible, and I want to go over them real quick. We have tithes, we have offerings, and then we have extravagant offerings. Tithes, offerings, and extravagant offerings. Now, a tithe as we went over before in, third, in, in week three. It's the first 10%. God decided the amount, and it's an offering that we give by commandment. Amen? Are you with me? An offering is over and above the tithe. It's whatever you want to give over and above the tithe. It, that amount is up to you. It's not commanded, but it's up to you, and it's an offering that we give by love, but extravagant offering. Everyone say extravagant offering. An extravagant offering is an unreasonable amount. It's an offering that is often led by God and specific to you. Are you with me? And it's an offering that we give by faith. Now think about that. You know, what God gave, he gave an extravagant offering. And we're going to dive into this a little bit. I'm going to unpack that a little bit for, for you. But I want to go back to one more statement in John 3.16 to help us to understand where we are with this scripture. You know, an extravagant offering is a one-of-a-kind painful offering that is beyond reason. That's the way I wanted to, to describe it to you today. A one-of-a-kind one painful offering that is beyond reason. Reason. So John 3 and 16, it says, he gave his one and only. Let's say that with me. He gave his one and only. He gave his one and only. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about that statement. When we talk about his one and only, let's pause right there. Do you realize that God gave you his first and his last? Think about it. When you give your one and only, you're giving the first and you're giving the last. Now, go with me for a second. You know, uh, I want you to just imagine that you are at your favorite restaurant, your favorite restaurant. You got your favorite dish and you're getting ready to eat it. And you got your favorite person with you, probably your husband or your wife. And as you're getting ready to eat your favorite food, you notice that the person who's with you is eyeing your food. All right? Y'all with me? They're looking at the food, and if, and if it's me, I'm just going to turn this way because my favorite person is over there on my left. And so she's eyeing my food, and I'm not looking at her because I know she's watching me. And I know she's, she's looking at my food, and she's about to ask the question. You know the question. You know, it's, it's like she's looking at my food like Eve was looking at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> and at some point in time, at some point in time, she's about to ask me the question. Now, I'm hoping that she would ask it early <laughs> so I'll still have something left. But here's the question. Can I have a bite? Now, now, go with me for a second. 
I want you to think about this. I don't know about you, but if she asks me for a bite at the beginning, it's easy for me to give her that first bite. But, but if I got the food, the last scoop of food on my fork, and she asked me for the last bite, that's just disrespectful right there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's just, yeah, how many of you with me? Say amen. Fellas, fellas, say amen. Now just look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. It's disrespectful because I'm not talking about the leftovers. I'm talking about the last. You know, it's one thing, it's one thing when we talk about the first, the first 10. But it's a whole nother thing when we talk about the last. And here's what we're talking about. When we speak of extravagant offerings, we're not just talking about the first. We're talking about the first and the last. And that can be painful. You know, when you think about Jesus, when God gave Jesus to us, he gave his first and his last. He gave his one and only. He gave a one-of-a-kind offering, and that's what it means. An extravagant offering is something that is going to take God for you to recover from. Now, let's just take that in because I know some of you are asked right now. I know you're processing. You're saying, Lord, please don't ask me for too much. Please don't ask me for too much. Here's what I want you to know. There's not anything that God will ask you for that he hasn't already made provision for. Just know it. When we talk about extravagant offering, we talked about the woman who poured it all out of the jar of an alabaster box. We talked about the widow with two mites who gave it all. We talked about the extravagant offering that David gave, over $3 billion in the building of the temple. There's even more stories of combined extravagant offerings, like what happened with Moses when they were building the temple, that the people gave so much that Moses had to send a decree out to stop them from giving. But that's what happens when our hearts are so filled with knowing that God is our provider. That's what happens when we believe that there's nothing that we have received that comes from, our, from, from ourselves, that it comes from God. So as we talk about this right here, I want you to just know, I want you to know that God today, that he is still a provider, that he provides seed to the sower. That everything that you need is in him. Everything that we have, he is the source of it. And that he, is not, he has not stopped being in the blessing business. That's who God is. And here's what I want you to know. Extravagant offerings will not always be money. Will not always be money, but they will always cost. It will always cost. But here's the thing. Guess what? It will always have residual impact and benefit. Now, I want us to talk about this. I want to talk about this from a story that we have in the Bible. And it's the story of Abraham. One of the things I want you to do is just say to yourself, I am willing, Lord. Because sometimes the biggest thing or the biggest hurdle that we face is us being willing. God wants us to be willing. You know, the story of Abraham, you know, God broke covenant with Abraham, and Abraham had begun to walk with God, and God promised Abraham and Sarah a son. 
And after years of walking with God, Abraham finally got that son that, that was the promise. He was the son of the promise. And it comes to Genesis chapter 22, where God asked Abraham for an extravagant offering. I want to start right here. So Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 through 5, here's what it says. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Now, I want us to pause right there because here's what I want you to know, that Abraham had been walking with God for some time. And so what God is asking him for, he knows that Abraham can hear clearly enough to receive it because he had been walking with God. He had saw God move in his life time after time. And so this is not something that Abraham is going to have to conjure up because he knows God. Amen. And so what I'm saying to you, the reason why I'm stopping right there is because the Lord is going to speak to some of you who have been walking with him for some time and you know the voice of God. Some of you, you're still learning the voice of God. And so when you're thinking about what God may be speaking to you, sometimes if you've been walking with, the, walking with God for a long time, you may not need any accountability or counsel on it. But if you're kind of walking and you're kind of new, new to this thing, if God tells you to give something very strange, you might want to run it by somebody. Amen? But look, let's go back to the story. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Look at what God says. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, I want to pause right here. I want to give a disclaimer because I don't know who's in the room. God is not going to ask you to sacrifice your kid. All right. All right. Let's just get that out the way. That's not what he's going to ask you to do. But I want, I want you to see this. What, what I want you to see in this story is God may ask you to sacrifice something that was promised to you. God may ask you to sacrifice something that means the world to you. He may ask you to sacrifice an amount of money or amount of finance that you had planned to use for something else. He may ask you to sacrifice some time that you may feel like you don't necessarily have. Whatever it is, I want you to know that there's going to be some pain involved. But here's what I want you to know also. Just because it's painful doesn't mean that it can't be joyful. You hear what I'm saying? So we're in this story. Abraham is processing what God has spoken to him to give. And here's the idea. This is a son that God promised him. I want you to know this, that sometimes in our life, we've made plans with our life. We've all, we have it all figured out, where we're going and what we want, want God to do in our life, and we've written our own plan, and then God comes in, and he wants to shift it. Some of you in here today, you've been working on this plan. You've been building it up. And now God is beginning to speak to you, even before this message, about doing something a little different. But it's hard for you because you have all that you have wrapped up in this plan that you have. I want you to be willing and obedient, just like Abraham. This was the son of the promise. He waited years for this son. He waited years to get to, to get to a place that he could have a son, but then God asked him for the very thing that he would be. He would cringe to give up. Now, 
I want you to think about this. Because some of you, you've raised some children. You've raised some children, and you were waiting to the day that they graduated and got out of college, and they left the house so you could have the house all for yourself. And, and they finally... They finally got to age 38, and they left the house. No, no, just kidding. If they're 38, they need to be out the house. But then God said, right after they left the house, I want you to open the house up for somebody else to live in. And you know the person, and you don't want that person to come in and live with you. But be willing. Do like Abraham. Here I am. Because sometimes, sometimes there's nothing more to say than here I am. And some of you need to say it right now. Here I am, Lord, speak. And I know it's hard because you've been in a process with God and you know when God asks you for things, it gets tough. Some of you have been saving up for a certain, for a certain thing and you feel the Lord leading you to take that and, and, and exchange it for some other plan. But here's what I want you to know. When we talk about extravagant offerings, God is not trying to take anything from us. He's trying to get something to us. Because, because if he can get it through you, he will get it to you. Amen? Remember I said, an extravagant offering is a one-of-a-kind painful offering that is beyond reason. Now, let, let me break that down for you. A one-of-a-kind painful offering that is beyond reason. Number one, it's a one-of-a-kind offering. One-of-a-kind offering. That means that it's not something that you will give on a normal basis. And here's what I want you to know. It's something that you need to be led by God to give. You need to be led by God. And that's, that's the importance of this message because we can ask you for something. We can ask you to give to something. But when God leads you to give something, it has legacy attached to it. It has promise attached to it. It has purpose attached to it. It has your assignment attached to it. So you need to be led by God. And here's what I would encourage you. You don't have to conjure up anything. We're going to take a moment in just a moment to just sit before God and listen to what he's saying. Because we want to practice this today. I don't want to hype you today. I want to help you. I want you to hear the voice of God before we leave today. So you need to be led by God. You don't have to conjure up anything. I believe the Lord is starting to speak even now. So as, as you're hearing this message, just keep saying, here I am, Lord. I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening. I want to hear what you have to say. So, you know, it's a one-of-a-kind offering. Number two, it's a painful offering. Like I said before, just because it's painful, it doesn't mean that it can't be joyful. So it will cost you. It will cost you something. You know, just like in the story of David, when, when David had messed up with God, he had messed up and the Lord required an offering of David. And so he went to Arunah and he talked to Arunah about providing the threshing floor so that he could build an altar for God. Well, Arna said, I'll give you the threshing floor for free. I not only will give you that, I'll give you cattle and oxen for free so that you can build an altar for God. But listen, if God is calling you to an offering, it's going to cost you something. I want you to hear what David said in this, in this scenario. First Chronicles chapter 21, verses 24 through 25. It says, but King David 
replied to Arana, No, I insist on buying it for the full price. I will not take what is yours and give it to the Lord. Now, I want you to pause on that. I will not take what is yours and give it to the Lord. Then he says, I will not present burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. Let that settle in. It's going to cost you something. It may not cost you money. It may cost you time. It may cost you a relationship. It may cost you a plan that you had this year. But I believe whatever he's asking you to do, whatever that may be, in the end, it has residual impact and benefits to the plan of God over your life. So it's a painful offering. And lastly, it's an offering that is beyond reason. Now, I want to camp out just for a moment right here because do you understand that anything that God asks you for, it's not going to be fully in your ability to give it. It's going to require faith. And when I'm talking about unreasonable offerings, I want you to hear me. And I'm not talking about unreasonable to the point that you write a a blank check that you don't have money in the bank for. Amen? Can we say amen to that? So nobody write a blank check that's going to bounce. What I'm talking about is that God is going to ask you for something that you have that may just be tough to give that's going to require faith. Everyone say faith. You know, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what he asks us for oftentimes is beyond our natural reasoning. And this is what Abraham was processing through in this story. What he was asking Abraham for was a great, was, was a great ask. It was huge. I want you to just think about that. He's asking him for the legacy. He's asking him for the promise. God had said of Isaac that through Isaac, he was going to bless the nations. And this is the promise that Abraham has. But now God is telling him to sacrifice that promise. And here's the thing. We could all be wondering what was going through Abraham's mind. But the beautiful thing about the scripture, don't you love the Bible? The beautiful thing about the Bible is that it told us what Abraham was processing through. And here's how we need to process. We need to process the same way Abraham processed because it was unreasonable. And sometimes God will ask you to do things that are not, uh, that are not reasonable because he's asking you to add faith to it. And here's what I would tell you. When God asks you to do something that's not reasonable, one of the things you want to do is you want to make sure you conceal that and you don't necessarily share it with everybody. Because some people will reason you out of the blessing of God. Are you with me? I'll say that again over here on this side. Some people will reason you out of the blessing of God. When Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, he had two of his servants going up with him, and they asked Abraham, what are we doing here? What are we about to do? Look what Abraham said. He said, look, me and the boy, we're going to go a little further. We're going to worship, and then we're going to come right back. That's what Abraham said. He didn't tell them everything that was happening. Sometimes what God may be asking you for, you need to ponder it in and with yourself. But look at, look at what Abraham was thinking. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us how Abraham was processing through. 
Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, 17 through 19. It says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Look at what happens. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able. Now, everyone say God was able. He's able. Look what it said. God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham, Abraham did receive his son back. Here's what I want you to know. That there's nothing that God will ask you to give that he's not willing and ready and able to give back to you. Come on, somebody. There's nothing that God will ask you for that he's not willing, able, and ready to give back to you. When Abraham is going through this process, Abraham through faith, that's why he's called the father of faith. He's called the father of faith because when he looked at what God asked, he knew that what he had, what he had his son, was given to him from God. Abraham was 100 years old when he had Isaac. So he knew that Isaac belonged to God. And so what I'm giving to God, it already belongs to God. I freely give it back to him. Here's what I know. I know that some of you, the lifestyle that you have, the blessings that you have. Sometimes we receive the blessings and we begin, we begin to close our hands as if it belongs to us. Abraham knew it didn't belong to him. He knew it belonged to God. I want you to know today that what you have, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. And if you operate in that way, if you understand that it belongs to God, if you know that you know that everything that you have, everything that you will become, everything that you are right now, it's all God. Somebody say it's all God. It's not because of my strength. It's not because you look cute today. It's not because you drive a nice car. God gave you the strength to get that job. God gave you the mind to have, have that job. God gave you that son or that daughter. God gave you everything that you have. If we could just get that in our, in our, in our mind. And here, here's the idea. You know, Abraham went on with, went through and he was getting ready to sacrifice the promise. And I want you to know that in this story, we get famous two words that most Christians who've walked with God, they always say. I want to read this part to you. Genesis 22, 13 and 14. He's getting ready to go through with it. It says, then Abraham raised his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. You know what that means? He named the place Jehovah Jireh. He named the place that on this mountain, God provided. That God has already seen what we need and he's already provided for it. 
All we have to do is release what God has given us. And all the provision that we need for our life, for our calling, for our family, for the assignment that God has on our life, all of it is wrapped up in the fact that we are willing and obedient so that God can give us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. Somebody say amen to that. God is not trying to take anything from you. God is trying to get something to you so he can get something through you so that all nations of the earth are blessed. How many of you want to bless the world because of God's goodness on your life? I believe God is calling us to be an extravagant people. I believe God is calling us to live extravagantly. I believe he's calling us to give extravagantly because God is an extravagant God. If you can just look at yourself, the Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That he made you wonderful. <clears throat> right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking. God is not just asking for things from you. He's asking for your heart. He's asking for your first and he's asking for your last. Not to take something from you, but to align you with him so that he can bless the nation. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Here's what I want to do. I want to take, take a moment because we're going we're gonna to have a moment of worship in just a moment. But I want to prepare us for that because we're going to pause and I'm going to put some questions on the screen so that we can ponder. But before we do that, there's some of you that are here today and you're saying, or online, you're, you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I wish I could receive the message, but first, I haven't received the extravagant love of Jesus. And you need to receive that. He, he sent his son to die for us, his one and only son, to take our place. What he did for us on the cross was... He made us righteous in his son so that we can live eternally with him. He gave you the gift of eternal life through his son. And if you haven't received that gift, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just close your eyes, everyone in the room. Not because it's a private moment, but because it's a personal moment. God is saying to you today, I want you to receive the extravagant gift of my son. So if that's you today, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father. Let's say it with some authority. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me. And I believe he rose again on the third day. And because he rose again, I can have salvation in his name. Now, Father, I repent of my sin. I surrender my life to you. And I believe you take my sin. You cast it as far as the east is from the west. And you remember it no more. I thank you, Lord, for your extravagant love towards me. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen, amen, amen. Let's celebrate that one time. All right. All right, here's what we're going to do. Let's take a moment. Don't move. Um, 
There's some questions that's going to be on the screen, and I'm going to, I'm going to call out these questions. But I want you to process them. Process them right in your seat. Don't feel like you got to run out. We're going to process these questions. It's going to be a little silent for about a minute or so. But then I believe the Lord is going to speak in this moment. He's going to speak in this time. Some of you may need to take out a, a, a pen if you, you know, or take out your phone and write down what the Lord is going to speak to you. So here's the questions. Number one, the first question is, what is God saying to me right now? What is God saying to me right now? And you don't have to do these in order. Number two, what is blocking me from living a life of extravagant offerings? Whatever is blocking you from living a life of extravagant offerings, commit that to the Lord. Ask him to give you strength and power to overcome. And here's the last question. In what way is God leading me to give an extravagant offering? Maybe it's my time. Maybe it's my skills, my ability, or maybe it is financially. So I want us to take a moment as the musicians play a little bit. I want us to take a moment to process that. Be a little silent. You may want to posture yourself in a place. Some of you may want to, you know, you may want to uh, get on your knees and pray. Some of you may want to just lift your hands in a moment to receive what he's saying. Whatever posture you feel like you need to take, as we close out this series over all these five weeks, it, culminate, it culminates into the point that we're going to hear what God is saying to us, receive it, and be willing to obey. So let's just listen to the voice of God for a moment. Let's just listen. you to do. Some of you may still be in this moment that you heard something from God. It's like, okay, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still processing that. But some of you got it. You got it and you say, look, I got it. I want to seal it in worship. So I want us to take a moment to just seal what we've heard in worship. Here's the song. You can have my heart because again, God doesn't just want your hands he doesn't need your resources. What he wants is your, your heart. He wants your willingness. And so some of you right now, you just need to stand up. We're going to get ready to go into a worship song. You can sing it with us. Or if you just need to sit and listen a little bit longer, then go ahead and do that. But we're going to enter into worship, and I want you to just join in in whatever way you need to. <laughs> 